Welcome to Valley Voices. I'm Amy Haddon Marsh. In early January, longtime Western Shoshone activist and Right Livelihood Award winner Carrie Dan died. She was an anti-nuclear and Western Shoshone land rights activist and lived in Crescent Valley, Nevada. Today's show features a production from TUC Radio in California about Carrie, featuring voices from Nevada, including the late Western Shoshone spiritual leader Corbin Harney, and some of the actions Carrie was involved in. On January 2nd, 2021, a message began traveling out from Crescent Valley, Nevada. Western Shoshone elder Carrie Dan had passed and joined her sister Mary in the spirit world. For over 40 years, the Dan sisters were keeping Shoshone tradition and land rights alive against formidable opposition. Expanding gold mines, confiscation of their horses and cattle by armed federal agents, and nuclear testing and waste storage. In honor and in memory of Carrie Dan, I'm returning to recordings I made on Shoshone land. The traditional Shoshone held council outdoors in a camp at the base of Mount Denabo. The first speaker in this recording is Shoshone elder Corbin Harney. He's credited with having inspired the creation of the anti-nuclear Shundahai network. And the last speaker you will hear is Carrie Dan. Here's the unedited TUC radio program from 2003. It had snowed overnight, and the high mountain valley on the shoulder of Mount Denabo had received a light dusting. Knee-high sagebrush loosely covers everything here, looking dry and scraggly against the new whiteness. This is western Shoshone land in what is now called Nevada, and among the group camping here are two elders. They hunted in this valley and knew all the springs that no longer flow. The Cortez gold mine, whose enormous waste pile we passed on the way up, is digging below groundwater level, and is pumping 30,000 gallons a minute every day to keep their pit from flooding. Eleven years ago, the Shoshone revived their tradition of annual spring gatherings. Most of them have been held near the humble ranch of the elder sisters, Mary and Carrie Dan. This year is an exception. The valley we are camped on for three days may disappear soon under the tailings of the expanding Cortez mine. The road coming up had already been widened. Every so many years, a piece of news comes out of the Dan Ranch in the remote Crescent Valley and appears in the media. In 1992, federal agents and the Bureau of Land Management, the BLM, seized over 400 horses they claimed belonged to the Dan sisters and auctioned them off. A film taken of the raid appeared in U.S. cities. The annual threatening notices from the BLM ordering payment of grazing fees for the horses and cattle were not reported. The Dan sisters have always said that this is traditional Shoshone land, protected by the Treaty of Ruby Valley, and that they do not recognize the BLM's authority to charge for the use. By now, the BLM demands about $3 million in fees and fines, and in the fall of 2002, they came back 
rounded up over 200 cattle and auctioned them off in Reno. The following raid in February of 2003 was the most intimidating yet. This time the BLM was accompanied by 40 heavily armed federal agents. They used low-flying helicopters to drive the horses from narrow canyons. The Western Shoshone believe that the two recent spectacular raids are to drive home another point. A bill is making its way through the Senate that essentially would force the Shoshone to accept a one-time payment of about $20,000 to each of the enrolled members of the Western Shoshone Nation. That as a compensation for 26 million acres of land taken from them. The Shoshone have rejected such payments since 1979. The traditional elders say that land cannot be sold. A younger generation is tempted by the $20,000. And the spring gathering at Mount Denabo reflected some of the soul-searching. Corbin Harney, the spiritual elder of the Shoshone, had opened the sunrise ceremony with a prayer for the rocks that lie so shattered in the valley below. After a warm cup of coffee around the campfire, he opens the deliberations of the gathering. We're sitting in an old green army tent, one side rolled up for a spectacular view of the Shoshone mountain range. We were given permission to record, and the microphone makes its way around the circle like a talking stick. Here's Corbin Harney. We need each other today more than ever because around us today, everything is dying out. We won't be able to have water pretty quick. That's what we already face throughout the country. We're not the only ones faced with it today as a native people. We're all in the same boat. I don't care who we are. Everybody began to talk about water. Someday we're not going to be able to get water. The rich people's going to own the springs. We already began to see those things. They're not concerned about our life. Look what they're doing to the people throughout the country today. Little by little, they're taking our rights away from us. The little creatures that lived here once before, they're disappearing. Look at our sage hen in this part of the country today. Look at our deers, our herbs, what our forefathers have relied on for thousands and thousands of years. We don't have them things anymore here. We're one people. I don't care what part of where you come from. We're on one world. We drink one water. Breathe that one air. Let's not say you're different from I am. We're one people. We have to get along. How can we support each other? Let's not try to be different from each other. Let's be one. So I better shut up and turn it over to somebody else, okay? <laughs> I want you people to speak out. This is a very important meeting that we're having right now. How can we make it better next year? Okay, whoever wants to talk, let's hear it.
I'm going to be 67 years old. When I was a kid, I hunted all of these mountains. Now when I go up there, springs are drying up. You don't see nothing. You don't see no nothing. It's all dried up. And then we took a trip to uh, South Dakota, a few of us, and they're having the same problem with uh, the Bureau of Land Management over there like we're having here, the Shoshones. They're fighting with them over there too, of the about the Black Hills. They're trying to take that land away from them. My big concern is the Bureau of uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs, who has the most power over all the reservation Indians, and I wish that we could get rid of that BIA, and uh, maybe the Indians can then unite and become one, and. Uh, and live in harmony instead of becoming enemies, which we are now because the money is the biggest thing that a lot of our people are looking at today. And BIA is right behind it along with the government. That's about all I have to say. Um, I'm from Montana, and uh, I feel blessed for the opportunity to be here, show my support for the Dan's and uh, for Nui Segovia and this land and the Western Shoshone people. You know, the system we live under now is it's very clever at dividing us, but um, it's not going to be around forever. And uh, I think it's the sooner it's gone, the quicker we're going to be able to get back to really living. Thank you. I appreciate all of you that are non-natives that have come to join and stand with us. This fight has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, 500 years. And regardless of what the prominent society has done to us, we have stood strong. I congratulate my sisters for being as strong as they are. They can stand up to that white man that comes with a piece of paper to serve them, that they're going to take more of their cattle. I see this picture as what they've done to our people all these years. They're stripping us little by little. They continue to encroach upon our land. And the government is trying to tell us today, this land does not belong to you, they will lost it. I'd like to know when we lost it. My father and mother and my grandparents, my ancestors, roamed this country. If we don't stand up and say no, enough is enough, what is, what is going to be left for our children? What's going to be left for our grandchildren? It's a terrible, dreadful thing that's happening to us. But let's stay strong. Let's stand together. Let us pray together as we have been. Thank you for giving me this time. I live in Elko, Nevada, and I would like to congratulate all of you for your courage because from my point of view, it's an awful truth. It's a brutal, awful truth, and it takes courage to look at it. It takes bravery because a lot of people don't want to look at it. They don't want to hear about it. It's scary. So I would like to congratulate you for you being able to look at it and keep the faith. Go out there and spread the word. Don't get thrown in jail for it. <laughs>
some of the things that I hear here are um, contrary to what I believe uh, because I, I think that anger anger works for me. <laughs> it does. It works for me. I, I can't be at peace and 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 uh, and think that everything's going to be hunky dory because we know it's not. We have to have fighters. Uh, we have to have people that stand up. We have to have uh, people that call other people names. <laughs> we like that part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by the same token, uh, we have to be uh, kind among each other, I guess, uh, some, because we are uh, humans and we uh, we stand on two different parts of the earth sometime. But I think the only thing that we have that Western Shoshone and other Native people have is one commonality, and that's uh, survival skills. And that's something that... Uh, that came because, as you see outside today, uh, when you look around you, it's hard to uh, to think that uh, people could stay here and uh, and survive. And how we've um, we've come to be softer, you know, in our physical uh, wanting to be warm, <laughs> wanting to eat on time, <laughs> wanting a bathroom. <laughs> wanting toilet paper in the bathroom, all of those things that uh, come with a gentler time. But by the same token, uh, we were uh, born fighters. I don't know about the other people, but we had little, uh, they put us in tie houses that were covered with creosote, and creosote is a a cancer-causing material. So we had uh, nice houses built out of creosote in my time. And... uh, (laughs) We slept upstairs, my sisters and I. I don't think that we thought it was cold. We just got into bed, and that's the way it was. And we got up the next morning. There was a fire, though, the next day. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, we've seen the good times, and we've seen the bad times. Sometimes it seems like uh, we're at the world's end. Like, this is going to be the last straw. But somehow, uh, anger works for me. And... <laughs> I say, when you get mad, you have to fight back. That's the story of uh, Western Shoshone survival here on this cruel, cold day. I'm originally from the Duckwater Shoshone tribe, and um, I'm the granddaughter of Mary Black Eye. I remember growing up and my grandmother talking about how... Western Shoshone is supposed to get a bag of money. And she'd always say, whatever you do, you remember that you don't take money for this land. She goes, because this land is not for sale and it's not yours to sell or anything like that. Some of these people are saying that's what they're going to do. And I never really understood it. I never really paid attention. And then in 1979, I started getting involved. And... um, We worked really hard on trying to inform our communities, and it was really tough. There was some times that, you know, people got mad at us because they thought that, you know, we were um, imposing our personal thinking or whatever. We went through all the communities and did presentations to everybody and letting them know what was coming down with what BLM was doing and um, 
why they were trying to introduce the bills into Congress, which they're still trying to do, and I think all of us are aware of that. And what makes me feel really bad is our people still don't understand what's going on. I hear so much about people saying, I want my money and let's just get it over with. We're so tired of listening to this. That really breaks my heart because I think that's really sad to hear our people say that. We're the caretakers of this land. And I can hear what Carrie's saying. You know, we gotta, we got to get back. The spiritual guidance is here. I feel it every time I come into the Western Shoshone country. I feel it. It's just waiting for us to take it. It's there, and we need to do it. And I'm really, really proud to be a Western Shoshone, and I'm really thankful for all these people that come to help. And even you as non-Shoshones, it's there for you. Just pray for it, ask for it, you'll be there. Now the microphone has reached Carrie Dan, who is sitting with her sister Mary, their arms around their grandchildren. The struggle, as I see it, is not Carrie and Mary Dan's struggle. It's a struggle of Western Shoshones for their survival as unique group of people. We are unique. And I would like to say this to all Western Shoshone people and to other people. Things that happen to us will eventually help happen to the others. Whoever you are, if you don't believe me, either you will see it or your future generation will see it. Because taking by gradual encroachment is not a law of the United States of America. It is a law of a dictator as far as I can see. And believe me, my friends, and the necessities of life should not be considered in dollars and cents. At least during the time when I was growing up, our grandmother used to tell us, you can never accept money for your land. This earth is more important. She said, you get money in your hands, your grubby little hands, that money will soon disappear. Unless if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, you can just live off the interest then. But if you're ordinary people, the money will disappear from your pocket, from your hands. And you can no longer have this. Senator Reed and Senator Anson, and also Congressman Gibbons from the state of Nevada, they have introduced bills into Congress of the United States, offering to pay the Western Shoshone people for their sacred lands. And my question is to them, if we don't want it, what are you going to do? You're going to shove it down our throat so it will come out the other end of our bodies? Is that what you want to do? The Treaty of Ruby Valley, the Treaty of Recognition, does not concede land or give land to the United States. Not one inch of it. It is your land. Be proud of who you are. Be proud that you are standing on your own land, on your sacred mother earth. This mountain is called Dinabo. It goes back to the creation stories. And for many of our people that is here, I see many of my relatives that's here, this is part of the place where our grandmother camped right up in here. 
I remember the story that they t they used to talk about the things that happened at the first Cortez Gold, as it, I mean Cortez Mining Company. The people that was here, also these pine trees that you see out here, all the junipers. These are young trees. All the ancient trees were cut down for charcoal. There's a mill up here that burned all that charcoal, that burned all the old forest. And when, when I look at that, and if you are observant, as you're coming up this way, from down from the valley, you will notice a difference in the pine trees and the leaves. The leaves of the pine trees through here, they are kind of look kind of sickish. I understand from this, from the pollution that this gave out many years ago. Not only that, now they're going to have a new mine. They call it the pediment mine. Actually, where we're sitting will probably be part of their waste dump. All of this will be covered. Over there across the way, there's a little hill. They call that Sanagoy. My aunt and my mother used to come over there to get pitch. But there's also a clay that they got for their pottery. Of all the places, that is the place where the best pottery was taken. And to see all of this destruction of our ways, of our things, for me it is sad. But I guess the most saddest thing of all that I can say is the fact that they are offering us money for our sacred lands. Our religious beliefs, according to the elders, the old timers, those that's not here anymore with us physically, this earth is our mother. We are tied to this earth. Culturally, we are tied to this earth as well. So remember these old teachings. If you people know your old teachings, look back, turn the pages back, and see what you can remember. You know, we have to leave something for the future generation. I guess that is most of our fight is for. What are we leaving for the future generation? Our grandmother used to tell us, the earth does not belong to you. It belongs to the future generations. Congress of the United States is not looking out for them. Congress of the United States doesn't know anything as far as I'm concerned because they don't have the guts enough to stand up and do what's right for the future generation. They let corporations do all the contamination. I heard President Bush said when they were going to war in Iraq, we are not the conquerors, but we're the liberators. Today, if you watch late shows like Nightline or something like that, if you stay up that late, you will also see another side of the story, how the people of Iraq are looking at the United States. Some of them are telling the United States, get the hell out of here. We don't need you. You've liberated us, now get the hell out of here. The thing is, I want to know, who's next? What Arab country is going to be next on U.S. liberation list? Is it going to be Iran? Syria? Or who's it going to be? I don't see the United States as a liberator because I have been waiting for liberation all of these years. We as Western Shoshone people 
have not been liberated. We are being conquered today. We are conquered today by United States of America, who claims under the term trusteeship is conquering us today. I see that with my very own eyes because for the first time in my life, I saw the military force of the United States in September when they came out to gather our cattle. Too bad not all you people could see what happened to us out there. But they did take away our livelihood. And it was sad. It still is sad. We have surveillance on us every day by the Bureau of Land Management. Surveillance this very day, probably they're out there now or was out there this morning. Is this what you call America? There's threats of all kinds against us. We owe United States three million bucks. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not paying United States grazing fees because this is still Western Shoshone land. They have to recognize the fact it is Western Shoshone land. When our people start uniting and standing together, when other indigenous nations and conscientious non-indigenous people start standing up for right, because when they stand up for the right of one person or one color of people, they're standing up for their own rights. Because what you don't defend, you're going to lose. Why can't the government of the United States try to make an effort to understand where we are coming from? It's not so hard to do. We understand their religion. Why don't they try to understand our beliefs a little bit? Just a little bit. The sacredness of the water, the land, the air, and the sun. These are the gifts of life. Why can't they just at least understand that? Because once these things are gone, it's gone. That was Carrie Dan, Western Shoshone elder. She and her sister Mary have defended Shoshone rights for almost four decades. You heard an archival program from TUC Radio recorded in the camp of the Western Shoshone National Council in June 2003. This rebroadcast is in honor of Carrie Dan, who passed on January 2, 2021. In an extraordinary life between humble survival on the Dan Ranch and occasions where the outside world acknowledged her, the 1993 Right Livelihood Award stands out. Today, on January 5, 2021, the director of the Right Livelihood Foundation made a statement. I am deeply saddened by the passing of Carrie Dan, who stood courageously against the U.S. government for decades to protect her and her people's right to their land and way of life. The Dan sisters were part of a global struggle to assert the rights of indigenous peoples, inspiring action and hope around the world. End quote. 
Come back for the next program by TUC Radio of a Micropower Radio Broadcast. Licensed not by the FCC, but by the Shoshone National Council. From a school bus at the gates of the Nevada test site, we were giving a short history of the Treaty of Ruby Valley. Audience for our broadcast were the employees of the Bechtel Corporation and the private security army, the Wackenhuts, who guarded them. You can hear this program again for free on TUC Radio's website, tucradio.org. My name is Maria Gelarden. Thank you for listening to Valley Voices. I'm Amy Haddon-Marsh.